Hello and welcome to the 31st episode of Mega 10 Marathon. It's a game-by-game -game journey through the uh, Shin Megami Tensei and Persona games. I'm Paul M. Davis, and who am I here with? I'm Alex Dorado-Wolf. And I'm Elisa James. Yeah, and uh, we are gathered together again um, to uh, discuss... Uh, third portion of uh, Devil Summoner Raidu Kuno Zoa <laughs> I, I'm gonna get that one of these days uh, Raidu uh, Kuno's Kuzunoha Kuzunoha, yeah versus the Souls Army <laughs> um, yeah so, uh, do you want to uh, just kind of give us a quick uh, recap of uh, what happened at the uh, uh, end of the last episode, Elisa? Yep, well, basically in the uh, one of the last major chapters, um, uh, Raido ends up finding Kaya, who was the uh, schoolgirl who uh, ended up, uh, who, was the end, who was kidnapped. And we also find out the uh, basic motivations for General Munakata, he decides, he explains that his plan is basically that uh, the country's being run in the service of the rich, and he wants to use his, like, massive corpse army to stop that. And then, you know, ask you to join him, obviously you can't. Um, after all that, you rescue Kaya and bring her back to the office, and she explains the details of her curse that basically girls in her family are possessed by demons when they turn 16. So the rest of the family kills them before that happened. Her dad had locked her up in uh, that dungeon, but her uncle wanted to exercise the demon and save her life. So he helped her escape. But then when she got out, General Munakata was waiting for her. And, you know, that's kind of what uh, set things up. And then she decides to join the detective agency as a secretary. So, <laughs> uh, upward mobility, I guess. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, let's see. So, going into chapter seven, uh, Narumi comes home having been beaten. Uh, the military informant uh, fellow from earlier on is with him. And it turns out he was working for the Navy, uh, spying on the Army. And someone was also spying on the Navy, and they need your help. And also that they beat up Narami to encourage you to help, so... <laughs> Uh, uh, I don't know why they did that. It really didn't seem necessary. It, it did. I just... <laughs> They just wanted to beat up Narumi, I think, at that point. And just, yeah. they needed that excuse. <laughs> <laughs> so, you uh, head over to the Nameless Shrine, where you meet up with the Herald of uh, Yatagarasu. A naval admiral is staying there, having been cursed so much that he can't move from there now. And you have to basically find the demon, who is the source of the curse. So, But to be able to trace it, you must take the curse onto yourself, because, of course... You do. Um, and the worst part is that this um, not only makes you glowy and white, but it also affects you really badly once you get into the uh, dark uh, Fuka, Fukagawa Cho. Uh, so basically during this whole entire chapter, um, you essentially have a poisoned effect. 
So you're constantly losing HP. On top of that, all of your healing is cut in half. So <laughs> you're going to have to heal twice, which is going to really bite you when you face the uh, final boss of this chapter. But I'll get to that shortly. So um, basically, you run in, when you first enter uh, Fukugawa Cho, you run into two... Uh, comedy floating skull demons who appear to know where the cursed source is, but <laughs> they teleport you away. Um, and then you head back, then they accidentally give you information, then they teleport you away again, and then you repeat this a couple more times until they repeat the location of a magical talisman that's preventing you from passing. Uh, so you find a talisman, break it, you fight the two skull boys who really aren't that hard compared to like the average enemies because the enemies in this dungeon are, are pretty nasty. Like they're basically bosses. And then of course the half healing doesn't help, but the skull boys aren't hard. Uh, once you beat them, you progress forward to find the source of the curse and it's basically a tree monster named. Oh my god! Okay, I wanna, I wanna do this. Uh, Hito Kunos. Oh, I messed that up. Sorry. <laughs> uh, let's see. Let's see. Hito. Hito Kotonusi. Sorry about that. That's br- that's pretty impressive. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm sure the tree monster will forgive us. <laughs> so now. This boss fight is pretty difficult. Um, yeah, this one's pretty difficult. This is probably, I would say, I feel like the dungeon in general, and especially this boss, is kind of, you know, that moment that you have in a Mega Tank game where it's basically like, okay, now we're going to ramp up the difficulty, and, you know, we're taking off the kid gloves. So he has tons of health, um, basically incredibly strong... Um, unblockable well undodgeable attacks and basically the key to this is you just have to have really strong demons and not let them die and heal twice uh because you know of the curse so and then he has several different forms as well each one with a different weakness so you have to make sure you target those uh so once you manage to finally beat him um the curse is broken And then the military guy explains that the evil general cursed the admiral and you did a good job. He's now happy to help and share information with you. So the uh, okay. so as we talked about before, the general's plan is to create an invincible army of immortal undead soldiers. Um, And so he also wants to build an unsinkable ship to transport them across the sea. Uh, so, you know, of course, this is supposed to lead up to him, I guess, reforming the country or some kind of villain nonsense. Uh, the Navy doesn't like this, uh, raising the dead to fight a war business, of course. So, uh, the, and it turns out the Red Cape phenomena is due to the radio towers the army has been building, which makes certain people go crazy and causes the Hiroku demons to grow in their, in their minds. And then... He sends you to uh, Sakura Damia. Yeah, it's kind of like um, the uh, what? What are the uh, the conspiracy theories around a uh, harp that like uh, research station in Alaska that sends out like long wave like th- um, 
beams of railways and like different exactly. beams. And yeah, people have people been like convinced since the nineties that like <laughs> you know this like scientific research for, uh, organization is basically um, <laughs> like try, uh, yeah, a government conspiracy to like control people's minds and drive them insane and. I think there was even an X Files episode back in the day. Yeah. Oh wow! Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> they 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 hit most of the conspiracy theories at some point. Yeah, yeah. So um, uh, then we move on to episode eight, and um, <clears throat> Narumi is uh, she tells you to go to uh, Sak- Sakura Dayama and explains that the Navy's version uh, is only part of the story and. Um, he once uh, knew the person who proposed super military project, and uh, you've got to decide the. Tr- so when you get to uh, Sakura, Sakura Diama, you go up to the radio tower and you read a soldier's mind. You find uh, find out that the uh, general's at the tower, and um, you get access to the dark version of Sa- Sakura, Sakura Diama. Yeah, that's a mouthful. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, in the dark world, the radio tower is covered in all these weird Heroku uh, thingies. And it's all kind of, like, weird and organic. And uh, you climb it, and it's kind of an interesting, like... It's not a particularly difficult puzzle, but it's kind of interesting. Um, basically, there's, like, some moving platform puzzle. But uh, some of the platforms move differently if there's a demon on them. And uh, you have to, like, take out the demons um, to get them to go the direction. Um, And you just move up kind of, like, layer by layer. As you go up by layers, it gets more difficult and you fight stronger demons. Yeah, so uh, once you finally get to the top... You uh, find the general who uh, explains his plans and motivations in more depth. Uh, interestingly, he seems up to he seems opposed to the nationalism which defines this period of Japanese history, and he seeks revenge on all those that uh, Yatagarasu and Emperor Jimmu conquered on their path to glory. Uh, <clears throat> The demon in Kaya has given him a perpetual motion machine, which he used to make a satellite, which will gather energy and bring to life the soulless god. Um, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. It really, it's funny it, because it, it, the, the game started out, like, pretty, you know, ground, pretty grounded. And then this happens. Yeah. And it just, <laughs> yeah. It's just getting crazier and crazier. The, the, what, I'm, what I keep coming back to is I don't understand. Like, he keeps giving these pretty well-reasoned speeches about his motivations. Um, like, I think, you know, yeah, like, he's making a strong case, you know, uh, of standing up for the, you know, the, the people that uh, the Japanese uh, ruling class has oppressed for centuries. I mean, there are whole stories of... Um, I mean, there are a bunch of stories of just like, you know, conquering all these indigenous peoples and stuff. And I just, well, first, I generally sympathize with what he's saying, but also how does your corpse army have anything to do with this? It's just, it doesn't, 
click. That's what yeah, I'm... <laughs> like, okay, you're saying these things, but like, oh, the rich control this country, so I... And that's bad, and all of this imperialism is bad, so I'm making an, an unstoppable corpse army and a boat to take them across the sea. Like, what? I guess to conquer the country, and I don't know. It's yeah, <laughs> but if he was just trying to, like, conquer Japan and take that over, then he wouldn't need the boat. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why does yeah, he need where, the boat? What's he boat? doing? Yeah, where's the boat going? <laughs> it, it's just, it's really weird and incongruous. I, what you're saying has nothing to do with your plan. <laughs> also, you have a perpetual motion machine and you're resurrecting a soulless god. Right, okay. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, there's so many other things that could be done with a perpetual... Yeah. I mean, if somebody, if somebody had a perpetual motion machine, basically, they could... You know, they, they they could probably like take over the world. Yeah, you could you could do whatever you wanted. Yeah, <laughs> but instead anyway. he's he's doing this thing for some yeah. reason. Uh, it's, I don't know. Maybe some more will be revealed. Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully. Okay. <laughs> so uh, yeah, uh, he got he asked you to join him again, um, and. Uh, you know, even though you might agree with the argument, uh, your trusty cat tells you that you're not allowed to side with. Him. And so then you have to fight the Volt God, Mishiguji, who is probably the toughest boss that we have come across. At, at the, um, yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty tough. I I died working on it, uh, trying to take him. Um, he has a ton of HP, um, and he. Uh, you know, his uh, got defense is really high, and uh, he can withstand any attack except frost. And uh, yeah, he's immune to bullets. Uh, he has all these really kind of uh, nasty attacks that will uh, say like stun you, um, curse you, do all kinds of. And uh, so yeah, it is a long battle. Um, kind of another like uh, SMT battle of attrition. Uh, if you can power through it, uh, you'll eventually, uh, prevail. Um, so yeah, yeah, that was my experience with him. What about you guys? Yeah, he was tough. He um, was, yeah, pretty annoying. Yeah. <laughs> it just, ha it, you know, just a whole lot of HP. And yeah, and, I, I, and, yeah. Oh no, go ahead. Sorry. No, I, I was just trailing off there. Um, I, I didn't have anything exciting to say. I just used a pretty powerful frost demon and... <laughs> worked him down yeah it's i mean i guess because like i i mean i play some action games but i always end up thinking in these kind of games like man i wish this was turn-based <laughs> yeah and i feel like i would own you if this was turn-based you're lucky i have to move around <laughs> yeah yeah this this is a case where it was the sort of the finickiness of the action elements yeah that yeah. was true i think he has like one homing attack which is very annoying to dodge like it's not hard exactly to dodge but it just follows you around for a long time and if you just had like some kind of roll move or uh, anything like that exactly but you just have to do these big wide circles i you know i mean i really like this game uh so far and I have probably mentioned this on a print, but like, I would love to, like an HD remake to Switch or play PS4 that 
they develop in conjunction with like platinum yeah like yeah that. that would be really good because that would like, be this does work very well considering like all yeah. of the, the faults yeah. like it, it just like at a base level this is a very functional system it is. That it just, just needs, needs more to, polish. Yeah, it just needs to be polished up and to take on some of the stuff that we've learned since the game came out. Mm-hmm. But the core absolutely. is totally there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, once you take him down, our old friend uh, Rasputin shows up and he uh, freezes you with purple electricity. And, uh, yeah, he then, uh, envelops you, uh, in this kind of, like, blue ball thing, and, uh, you're thrown into what your cat says is obviously a dimensional rift. So, uh, then we're on to episode nine. Right, oh, episode nine, The Two Summoners. Mmm, I wonder who the other one is. It's not who you're thinking. <laughs> your way you're falling through the dimensional rift and the cat tells you to like focus on memories of home and stuff like that and so you do that and you wake up back in uh tsukuda cho which is like the main part of the city where the detective agency and all that stuff is uh but hmm it's slightly different the statue on the bridge is i think a different statue um and then you're walking around and your cat sees another cat that he recognizes and you're like he's like follow that cat and so you <laughs> follow the cat to uh, the Tamaten shrine and at the shrine you find another Raido except he has a bunch of scars on his face for a reason that we have not learned and will not learn um, so he wants to fight you because he thinks you're like his shadow version and i forget if that's a thing that's been brought up in this game before that people have shadow versions i don't remember it but it's it's an smt thing so maybe in his dimension that is a thing if it's not in uh you know your dimension (laughs) but uh (laughs) then his cat's like no wait he's not like a shadow demon version of you uh he's yeah it's something else so you talk for a little bit and it's like fine then come with me to the shrine and we'll figure out what you are and what to do with you so you go to the nameless shrine and the herald of yadagarasu uh confirms that yeah you're just another raidu from another dimension and you've gotten into the wrong dimension oh no uh so she explains that what you need to do is find three element three pieces of an elemental prism um, that you could, that can be like put together to send you back home. Uh, and they each are guarded by a powerful guardian and they're in one of each one's in a different area of the city. So you can do these in any order, uh, hooray for nonlinearity. Um, but I'm just going to go in the order they are presented. So, uh, first up there's uh, Sakura Dayama, the place with the tower. Um, and, uh, here you have to do a little puzzle that involves activating some statues with the sword. I'm not sure I quite understood how this puzzle worked, but I got through it. I think I had to summon a demon and have him activate one of the ones. It was nothing special, really. Um, and the demon you get there, and the demon guardian thing that you have to fight there is uh, Omitsunu, uh, who's like a big statue guy. Um not as hard as the last couple of bosses or anything. Um, does a lot of damage, but it's fine. Mm-hmm. So you beat him, 
and uh, you get the, uh, I think, the Earth Prism. Then you go off to uh, Ginzicho, um, which uh, has a bunch of those uh, impassable walls set up, so you have to kind of navigate your way through it a little differently. Um, and there's this, uh, like, one fire demon who keeps challenging you, and you have to fight him, but he's quite easy. Uh, and then you have to move a tram using a force demon's push things power. Um, so yeah, you, you go through all of that. It's pretty standard. And then uh, the guardian here is a well-loved Japanese god, Susanoo, uh, who just deals a lot of damage. That's his thing. He, his, his hits are quite strong. But again, he's he goes down fairly easy. I think because this level has several different kind of mini bosses, none of them are like big set piece fights. Um, I did die once on this fight uh, because I wasn't paying attention to my health. Yeah, yeah, I, I actually uh, died on died on it too uh, because my frost demon kept on kept on. Yeah, I think that was yeah that is the one thing with this guy is that he's weak to frost, but he has a bunch of fire demons with him. So I, I actually learned by the way I got it. Uh, um, the way I figured it out actually was uh, to use uh, Gadon instead because you can uh, use uh, fire drum um, mm. basically. Yeah, actually, I think that's what I ended up doing, too. Um, yeah, it was better to just use a demon who was strong and or drained against fire and then just kind of blast him with ice bullets because uh, those stun him just as well. Um, so that was a very exciting little fight. Um, and after that, you're off to uh, Harumicho, where you run into a friendly elephant demon who tells you that he'll help you He'll help you and take you to the boss if you get him eight purity charms, which are held by the other elephant demons that you'll fight in random encounters in the area. So you just walk around until you fought eight demons. Yay. Um, <laughs> it's, it's a pretty, it's pretty lame. I, I don't care for it when games go, whenever you get kill X of this monster, I think that's a, yeah, it's a, it's lazy game design. I, yeah, or just padding. Yeah, yeah. I mean, one thing they did do right with this is that almost all of the fights you're going to run into do have an elephant demon. So you're not going to get that thing where you keep running into the wrong fights. So, you know, it's pretty... I, I think I ran into one that didn't have any, but that was it. So that was fine. Um, so you get the eight purity charms, and he's like, great, all right, let me take you to the boss. And the boss here is famed snake demon monster Orochi... Uh, and he uses ice power and also has like constantly regenerating health, but that's kind of made up for by the fact that his HP is pretty low. Um, so, I mean, I just blasted him with like, I think, I think it was fire. I assume it's fire because he used ice. I, I literally yeah. did this like an hour and a half ago, so I should remember, <laughs> <laughs> but he was not that hard. Um, yeah, yeah. You just, I mean, it's more kind of like a... Yeah. So um, um because of because of uh the demons. Yeah. All the uh the little boss guys in this area uh do summon a lot of little other demons with them, which is annoying but fine. Um so you get the last prism piece and then back at the the shrine, the herald puts together the prism pieces along with the heaven prism piece which she has all along, I guess. And gives you the thing that's made out of the prisms put together. I forget what it was called. 
or what it was. Uh, it just it looked like a little prism thing. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, so she then uh, sends you off to the bridge that's like the border between your world and the sh- or this world and the shadow world. And uh, Rido number two, your doppelganger guy, has to do this ritual to send you back to your world. Um, and so he does, and it's a pretty involved cutscene uh, with him doing you know hand movements and saying things in Japanese and chanting and all that. Uh, and then like these dark void hands come out of the ground and grab you and pull you in and he collapses. And I'm not sure if that was what was supposed to happen or not, but that is how the chapter ends. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it sort of, uh, ends here on a cliffhanger. I don't know. Why did you go to another dimension and find another version of yourself? (laughs) Um, it seems disconnected from everything else that's been happening. Yeah. I mean, it could have, you know, like, I, I really dig, like, an alternative. Your, yeah, doppelganger. You know, like, I, I love that, like, in fiction. Um, it was just kind of, uh, I don't know, it, it, it could have handled in a more interesting way other than kind yeah. of, like, a lot of weird little, like, fight a demon fetch quests. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I mean, like, one of my favorite uh, favorite examples, like, on sci-fi of, of that is uh, is definitely uh, Fringe. I don't know if either of you guys watched it. But, yeah, I watched it. Um, yeah, no, I, yeah, the, the, the double stuff in Fringe was very good. Yeah, it was great, you know, because, you know, we had, like, the lead character um, was very, you know, kind of buttoned up FBI agent. Uh, and she meets her counterpart the other uh, in the other uh, d- uh, reality, and uh, you know she's her counterpart is uh, also, but she's like a lot more kind of like vivacious and like risk taking and everything like that, and they kind of like you know sort of bounce off each other for a long time. And then uh, over time, kind of start influencing each other and uh, working together. And uh, it's it's a really cool, like, arc. You could do such cool arcs with this kind of thing. Yeah, like, uh, honestly, they could have just... I mean, maybe this comes back later and uh, we'll feel the fools for talking about how little they did with it. But, um, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Also equally possible that that doesn't happen. But... Um, like this go to these places and do these little fetch quests could have happened for literally any reason in the regular world. You know, it could have just been like, Hey, we need this prism to get past this wall that the general made. Totally. So here we are. We got one more episode to go, um, on uh, Raidu versus the Solus army. Um, so hopefully a lot of things are going to start to coalesce here um yeah uh and so next episode we'll be wrapping things up and uh maybe chatting a little bit about some of the cycles just kind of because i probably yeah maybe you have to go to a special extra hard dungeon (laughs) and and then there you get some demons that you can't get anywhere else in the game possibly possibly i mean they could you know do something crazy like that but we'll have to see 
Yeah, I I can't believe that. Uh, um, so uh, our friend Serg on the, the Slack uh, has played Strange Journey uh, multiple times, and he's been on the show. Uh, not on the Strange Journey episodes, but he was on the show earlier, and we'll probably have him on as a guest again. But he's played the original Strange Journey multiple times, New Game Plus. He just picked up Deep Strange Journey, and he's already into it, and he's planning on uh, doing uh, two full playthroughs of Deep Strange Journey. Um, and then the new then new game plus i believe so <laughs> that's that that is commitment because that game is great but there is some of the most egregious uh dungeon and especially ones that uh, are are only available in new game plus just insanely egregious dungeons it's like teleporter mages with like 29 nodes where it's like you can look at a map and you it doesn't like it's it's not helpful you can look it's i i I don't know it's so anyway um yeah surrogate is uh made of uh sterner stuff than i (laughs) yeah like i really liked strange journey but i'm not maybe at some point we could do like a mini so just get uh surrogon and just kind of be like oh here are some of the changes because I, I just played the DS one for the show. Chris rushed to pick it up. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Well, anything you guys want to add before we uh, sign on out here? Yeah, nothing's jumping out for me. Um, any plugs? You got your podcast? No. Uh, I mean, there's EE Phone Poem, my podcast uh, about mm-hmm. poetry. There will be an episode of that, I swear. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have it mostly edited, uh, but yes. Awesome, awesome. And yeah, I'll put links to those in the show notes. Um, I don't I don't think I have anything to plug other than uh, tell your friends about Megan's Head Marathon. Um, <laughs> and yeah, uh, please uh, rate and review us on iTunes. Um, you can follow us on uh, Twitter or Facebook. Uh, it's just uh, Mega Ten Marathon on both of them, and uh, let's see, am I forgetting anything? Oh yeah, we have an email if you want to reach out, uh, Mega Ten Marathon at Gmail dot com, which I need. Um, I also yeah, maybe just set up a forward to your email. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, uh, but we do like getting my email, and uh, we really appreciate the feedback and. Um, yeah, definitely some of the feedback we've gotten has uh, kind of uh, affected um, kind of how we approach the show. And, you know, so it is getting listened to um, uh, just sort of intermittent change. So, yeah, thanks for listening. And uh, please join us for the next Megaton Marathon where we'll be uh, finishing off uh, Raidu. And uh, should we uh, just kind of give a teaser of uh, what we're going to be doing after Raidu? Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, uh, after Raidu, we are going to be doing a uh, game, a uh, one of uh, <laughs> two two JRPGs that were released 
for uh, the Wii U. <laughs> Only, uh, and it's not Xenoblade, Xenoblade Chronicles X. Or so, is it? Uh, that, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so uh, that kind of uh, narrows it down. Um, but yeah, that'll be really uh, interesting and uh, kind of fun. Um, have you had a chance to uh, play any of that yet, Alex? Uh, I started it up. I have not made too much progress, but it seems fun. Yeah, it's interesting. It's also interesting because it's kind of, I almost kind of see it as like a uh, test run for uh, Persona 5. And so it'll be interesting. Um, yeah. Oh, and we didn't even mention the name of the game, but it's... Um, <laughs> Tokyo Mirage Sessions Sharp FE, <laughs> yeah, which is the crossover between uh, uh, supposedly between SMT and uh, Fire Emblem, even though it's more of a crossover probably with Persona and Fire Emblem, and it doesn't really have a whole lot to do with. Any of those, <laughs> so yeah. But it is still cut from the same cloth. No. So yeah, but it's a it's it's a, it's a fun and it's a weird game, and so yeah, I think it'll be interesting to delve into that. Um. So yeah, thanks for listening. Um. Uh, and uh, yeah, we'll see you again probably in a couple weeks with uh, the final uh, Ryu episode, and uh, yeah. This is uh, Paul signing off, you guys. All right. Uh, This is uh, Alex also signing off. Yes. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, when Brian was on the show, he had such a good uh, (laughs) closing that we, uh, I don't know. I I feel weird now that he's on the show using it. But, uh, you know, maybe we'll see a few minds if we pick it up again. But, yeah, thanks for listening. And, uh, yeah, see you guys in a couple weeks.